Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. Oh boy, I have such a great show for you this week. I am absolutely thrilled and so excited to be part of this pinball crossover with the Seattle Skillshot Pincast. It's a great podcast that I listen to all the time. I'm almost completely caught up on all of their episodes. I very highly recommend it. If you're one of my listeners, you've probably picked up on the fact by now that I love pinball. I just think it's the coolest fucking game. It's like playing a work of art. It's like having a work of art in your hands that you can touch and move and, and do things to. And, you know, you look at a Van Gogh, it's like behind a, a glass curtain or whatever. You can't, you can't get to it. You play pinball, it's right in your hands. And it's a brilliant medium. Besides the fact that it's just incredibly fun and rewarding and wonderful, and I love it so much. So recently, I was super lucky to meet Graham Clem and Kayla Greet, the hosts of the Skillshot Pincast. And I was even more lucky to have the chance to play some pinball with them and then record this epic conversation that we cut in half. Half of it's going to be in this episode this week, and the other half is going to be on their podcast next week. So as a listener of the Skillshot Pincast, one of the big things that I'd always been wondering is, are these guys any good at pinball? Are they good? You know, do they have chops? And I can vouch for them. I played with them. They are both fucking great. They're so good at pinball. And everything they have to say about pinball, you should take seriously. I have a long way to go. But playing with these guys really reinvigorated me, reinvigorated my interest in playing. And I've been playing a ton since we recorded this conversation the last like week, week and a half. Uh, and I've already felt a huge surge in my skill, or at least getting back to where I was at the height of my skill when I was playing more often uh, last year. But long story short, listening to this will make you better at pinball. <laughs> so for anyone who's never listened to my show before, if you're coming over here from the Skillshot Pincast, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Jesse Mercury. I'm a sci-fi synth pop artist and podcaster. And the show you're listening to now is, of course, Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This show started as just a way for me to hang out with my friends and chat about sci-fi, which is my favorite thing. I just fucking love it. But it's really evolved since then. I've had a couple of actors from Star Trek be on the show. Uh, Manu Reime, who played Icheb on Voyager, and Hannah Hate, who played Molly O'Brien on Deep Space Nine and Star Trek The Next Generation. And I have a scheduled interview coming up with Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog from Deep Space Nine, that I'm super fucking pumped about. A big theme of this show is talking about sort of the concepts and the ideas of science fiction. You know, we'll definitely talk about specific things, Star Trek, Star Wars, Brazil by Terry Gilliam, Terminator, all sorts of things will come up. But then we'll have whole episodes where we just talk about a concept or an idea like time travel or whether or not we can avoid a post-apocalyptic future or suspension of disbelief or all sorts of interesting stuff that is going to tickle the imagination of a sci-fi enthusiast. I also run a show called Sci-Fi on Trial where we take a second look at poorly received science fiction movies and try to decide if they're remembered fairly. So far, we've done one trial. It was three episodes long, four and a half hours of podcast all about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I'm also making a sci-fi-themed synth-pop album. It's got some themes that you might recognize if you're really into the sci-fi world. Uh, even some stories you might recognize. So you can check all of that out at jessemercury.com. All my podcasts, some music videos, and my sci-fi album. All at jessemercury.com. If you've been listening to the show, I've been doing my comprehensive coverage of Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is just the most exciting sci-fi thing to happen in a really long time. 
So we're taking a break from that this week to do this uh, pinball crossover, although absolutely Force Awakens will come up. And then I'm going to see the movie for a fourth time today. I'm going to see it in IMAX and 3D, which I haven't done yet. I'm going with Jenny Krantz from Sci-Fi on Trial, the biggest Star Wars fan that I've ever met next to myself. So I'm so excited to see the movie with her. And we're going to podcast about that tonight. I'll have that for you next week. And don't forget, if you're one of my listeners, do not forget, go check out Skillshot Pincast and make sure you hear the second half of this conversation on their show next week. I believe it comes out on Thursday, which means that you have a whole week to go get caught up and listen to every single other episode that they've got up. Uh, some highlights, ones that I really loved, the Babes in Pinland episode and the John John's Jeff Jam, really great episodes that I particularly recommend of Skillshot Pincast. One last quick thing before we get into the episode, just a quick disclaimer. So for all of those of you who haven't listened to the show before, you might notice when we get into the conversation that there's a little bit of strange audio distortion. There's some background noise. It's actually the radio. Uh, recently, I had a flood in my apartment and had to move into a temporary apartment on the fourth floor of the building I live in. And I'm on Capitol Hill. I'm right by those radio towers. I've been having a real terrible time trying to filter out all of the, the radio signal that I'm picking up in my audio cables. So you're not hearing any of it right now because I've actually made some progress since I recorded this podcast with, with Kayla and Graham. But unfortunately, at the time, I was having a little bit of trouble. So you're going to hear some weird background noise, and I apologize for that. I do improve it significantly halfway through the episode. I'm, I'm not even sure what I did. I don't remember, but I did something, and it improved it slightly. So I apologize for that. I'm a huge stickler for podcast quality. I, I'm an audio producer. It really means a lot to me to have the sound quality of my podcast just really wrap around your ears and have that wonderful broadcast quality sound. So having anything even slightly wrong perturbs me. So we're only going to have half the conversation this time, but I have a very, very special musical treat at the end of the episode. Sometimes on this show, I like to, to sing with my guests, and I hadn't planned on anything for, for this podcast with Kayla and Graham, but once I realized that Graham was a singer, uh, and then Kayla loves to sing karaoke, which we'll hear about really early in the episode... It planted the seed in my mind that I have to make them sing with me. So we did an impromptu jam that you're going to hear at the end of this episode, and it's charming and wonderful. Alrighty, well, here we go. So very special welcome to all the listeners from the Seattle Skillshot Pincast. I'm so happy to have you, and here is the first half of the crossover episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what we do when we, when we test. We just yeah. we make our laughs. Try to hit our peaks. I'm pretty yeah. good at fake laughing. Let me hear your best fake laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, your fake laugh is pretty good. Graham, Thanks. yours is terrifying. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. See, that would be better if you would do that. I'd That's be very less afraid. Yeah. I'd be, <laughs> I'm, I'm less worried that you're going to rip me apart and eat my insides. <laughs> Uh, I find the short, shorter bursts 
you know, help a lot with it. You don't want to draw it out too long. <laughs> yeah. That's wait, good. Yeah. Wait, go, yeah. Go, go again. I always, go again. I always know when Grant Peek laughs. Always. <laughs> yeah. It's really obvious. <laughs> yeah. Like you want something kind That's of bubbly. I right, yeah. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> no, I can't do it at all. <laughs> you could hear the change. It was you terrible. Could. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's a. It's, that's a let's add that to the list of things I can't do. <laughs> Just because you're too honest. I'm too honest. Yeah. That. What, what did I call it earlier? Uh, compulsive honesty. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate yeah. compulsive. Unfortunate honesty. compulsive honesty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like UCD, ask me a question. I'll tell the truth. UCH rather. I'm all like. Uh, I'm all perturbed now we had like bad games of pinball at the cha-cha yeah so now i'm like cranky <laughs> cheer me up do it mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i don't know it's hard to segue into that i'm just really happy to be here it's yeah. my birthday for one oh yeah happy cool. birthday Thanks. happy birthday kayla we can sing this song now without getting sued yeah no, let's do it <laughs> okay Oh. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kayla. Happy birthday to you. Oh my gosh. Go to hell, Mildred and Patty Hill. <laughs> that was nice. Very nice. Like we got headphones on. It felt really Yeah, it, it was, did. Yeah, we were kind of locked in. We were know? pretty locked in. We've never sang you, together. You guys That's could be true. a barbershop well, duet. Let's sing you, the entire podcast. Wow. <laughs> do, you, do you karaoke much, Jesse? I don't. I karaoke and I have a weird relationship. Mm. Yeah. We're going to have to draw you out sometime. So, okay, here's my thing with karaoke is that I, I obviously, I love to sing. I sing sure. a lot. I sing on stage a lot, but I sing things that I know it's in the right key for me. And I don't know sure. what my key is unless I've spent some time with it at home. Mm-hmm. And my voice is not in like a common key. So like I played Thriller recently at a show and I know now that when I play Thriller, I want to sing it in G minor, but it's in something completely different. I don't remember what the... I mean, I sang it like way off from what the real key is. So if I try to sing Thriller at a karaoke place that can't change key, oh, I'm yeah. going to sound terrible. Mm. And it's going to be really embarrassing. And I'm going to go home and cry. I I mean, this is not it's not going to sound like a problem, but I'm going to call it a problem. Uh, I, I kind of have the, the opposite issue. Like I I have a pretty good memory for for like exactly what key songs are in. It's like I, they basically play back like a radio in my head. Uh-huh. And uh and so oftentimes I'll walk into a karaoke bar or something and I will uh, uh, I, I will just strike so many songs off the list that I want to sing because I just know that like two of those notes are going to be just out of my range and I don't want to <laughs> yeah. embarrass myself, even though like it's only going to be like three seconds of the song, but whatever. <laughs> but that's like when, you, when you're building up to those three seconds, that's what the song's all about. I mean, if you're going right. to sing I Will Always Love You and not be able to hit the key change, yeah. you might as well just go home and fuck yourself because <laughs> it's, it's not even worth doing. Well, I sang like uh, Nilsson's Without You for karaoke, and that is a hard song to do. Yeah. Uh, oh. There's a lot of high notes in that, and they are drawn yeah. out. And what I, was the song? Uh, Without You. I, I can't can live. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, gotcha. I was like, I can't hold the note that long. <laughs> 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 and it was like the first and only time I tried it because I oh, love that wow. song and yeah. I love Nelson and I was like, yeah. no, we're done. I had I was almost getting into karaoke and then I had a devastating karaoke experience. I was in Palm Springs and there was a band at this bar who you sing with. It's a karaoke yeah, band and it was super cool. I and I got that. up. I know that I can sing Superstition. Like that's the one song that I know is going to be in mm-hmm. a good key for me. So I got up and I sang Superstition and I killed it and it was great. And there was, I mean, there's nobody in the bar except for my friend and I and this band. 
And I said, oh, well, this is great. You should sing another song. Well, you should come back tomorrow and sing another song mm -hmm. with us. I said, sure, yeah, what's tomorrow? Like, yeah, well, tomorrow's, you know, it's Saturday. There's gonna be a lot of people here. You can come sing Superstition again. It'll be, it'll be great. You know, people will like it. I'm like, awesome. Cool. That's fantastic. So I came back the next night, and they saw me there. and Like, hey, how's it going? We're glad you came. And then they played for a while and then invited me up on stage to sing Superstition. And I did it, and it was great. And they said, well, hey, man, let's, let's play another song. What else do you know? And it's like, oh, oh. Uh, how about, like, I don't know, Crazy by Knowles Barkley? Because I had been singing that in the car, and I knew that I could sing that in the right key. Mm -hmm. And they start playing it, and it's in a different key. Oh, no. And I, you know how Crazy starts, like, bump, 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 and then you're singing. Mm -hmm. So it's just four yeah. notes, yeah. And it's like the note you start on. So it's like you immediately know that right. like, something's so I wrong. First of all, I immediately know that it's the wrong key. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm drunk, and I can't figure out what note they're playing oh, like no. for the life of me no. I'm like wait uh, what where where is it and then I start singing and I sang it in the the note that made sense to me where like I had the muscle memory mm -hmm. cuz I I don't have perfect pitch at all but I do have muscle memory about like the key that things are in so I just start singing and I'm I think I was at a minor third from where the oh, song is supposed wow. to be so I sang this really angsty emo version that was like <laughs> really fucked up and terrible I sang the entire song and I just didn't know what to do, so I just kept going, which yeah. I shouldn't have. I should have stopped them and said, hey, what key is this? But I didn't, because I'm dumb. And I mm. sang the entire song. The song ended, and I just, like, walked past... I, like, walked Everyone. off stage, oh, walked boy. past my friend. I'm, I'm just like, we're leaving. And I just Eli. kept walking. Yeah. You know, I didn't stop. No. And we left, went straight to the car, put Crazy on in the car. And it was, like, it was the key that I expected oh, yeah. it to be. Yeah. But that was it. I was like, my karaoke career is over. It was awful. Yeah. Hey, you just got to get back up on that horse, Do man. It, like, yeah. One of my first like dozen karaoke experiences when I was going to uh, Evergreen and Olympia, I went to um, Jake's on Fourth Avenue, yeah. uh, the famous little uh -huh. gay I've bar done there. Karaoke there too. Yeah, and I uh, I really wanted to sing uh, "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" by like Frankie Valli, I think it is. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And uh, first first verse went just fine. And then uh, the chorus, it's ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba. but I kind of saw what was coming during the verse. Like, this is higher than I thought it was. <laughs> this chorus is going to devastate me. And my voice, like I hit it and my voice was cracking left and right. And then the key, chain come, key change comes right after that. And I like I was just so flustered by that point in time. I couldn't find it, yeah. and I walked off stage halfway through the song, yeah. and I've never done that before. See, it I'm, was so embarrassing. Oh, That's what I should have done. I should have put myself out of my own misery, no. but I finished. Fearless. No, I think it was awful. I say finish all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like and it literally happens to the best of us. My girlfriend I, Madeline has an amazing voice, mm -hmm. and I've seen the same thing happen to her. Like she'll get up there and she's nailing it in the key she's in, but like if she's off, like you know, yeah, it, it happens to everybody. It so, literally mm -hmm. happens to everyone at some point. Yeah, I, when I'm on stage, I like to be, I like to go on stage knowing everything that I think can go wrong and being prepared. So like my band Bugatti, I once had my bass break, and then I got a guitar to play, and then the strings broke on that, mm -hmm. and then. I ended up with like playing bass lines on a guitar with five strings and it was fine because I know what to do. Like if my instrument breaks, you get your backup instrument. If your backup instrument and I, my backup instrument that day happened to be a guitar because I didn't bring my, my, my regular bass with me. I had this like other one I'd never tried. Mm -hmm. So, so I can like make something up on the guitar that's going to be close enough when a string breaks. You can work on the fly. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know I've like practiced that kind of thing, but I haven't practiced singing the songs in the wrong key. <laughs> oh, man. So that just like breaks me. Well, so 10 years ago, like I've, you know, the band The Eels? 
Yeah. Um, so I've been a big fan of them for a long time. And I saw them at a sold-out show at the Paramount Theater. Great story. I, I love this story. <laughs> um, so Graham knows this one yes, already. Yes, I do. Um, they sang one of the tracks off their first album, um, Susan's House. Oh, no, it wasn't Susan's House. It was a, I can't even remember the name of the song right now. Um, but it was one of my favorites, and I can't remember the title. Um, but he forgot the lyrics, like, the second line in. And I was in the, like, 20th row shouting them. <laughs> and he's like, who said that? Oh, my like, God. What? And the next thing I know, there's flashlights and an usher walking me backstage mm-hmm. onto the stage, getting my hand kissed by E. And he says, oh. you clearly know the song better than I do. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. You need to sing it. Wow. <laughs> Holy so, shit. So, like, at least six, 700 people are in this audience. And I have a full orchestra behind me because it was an Eels with Strings tour. The drummer is playing suitcase luggage instead of drums and full <laughs> orchestra. He's on the piano and he's like, go ahead. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh my here God. We go. And, and I forgot how, like the how second. How big of a venue is this? Um, Paramount Theater is right, right downtown, like at the edge of Capitol Hill. And it was about 700 people. Okay. I've, I've yeah. biked by it constantly. I've never been inside. Mm-hmm. There's balcony that? seatings. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a proper theater. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And I'm That's awesome. in the spotlight, like, <laughs> you know, theater. center stage. So cool. And I forgot the second verse. Oh no. <laughs> and he's at the piano. He's like, it was something about a cat. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, I didn't write this song. You did. Oh, my God. That's like my dream. I've like had that dream where Dave Matthews is like, you come up and sing my song. I've also had a dream where. I got a standing ovation, though. And then the next year, I saw saw him a year later in Portland, and someone cornered me and said, you're that girl from last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also had a dream once where. I was in a I was in the bathroom before a Dave Matthews show and Dave came in and peed next to me. Really <laughs> back in my back in my Dave Matthews days, which was when you had that crush. I had that crush. <laughs> you were a DM crush, That's the Dave Matthews. I song. once like <laughs> the largest show I booked was for a band in Texas, this big punk band, and I had to sign a contract with a booking agent, and they like. Basically, it was just, if you mess this up, we're going to tell everyone that you like Dave Matthews Band. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So that was used as a threat to me. (laughs) You you booked bands? Yeah, I did that for 10 years. Oh, cool. Um, I booked independent shows, or like all all ages shows, all throughout. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was a booking agent for a little while. I never got paid for it. I just did it for fun. Um, But I booked my first show in like 2001, I think, and was always dating musicians so i would i would always be like the liaison between venues and people like i'd volunteer at venues and help get bands in and i've yeah i've booked several of my birthday shows and just <laughs> at the morgue a place in tacoma i was on the board of directors for an all-ages venue in tacoma for a while too for a second i thought you said you booked shows at the morgue she I did, did. Yeah, yeah. I did. No, the morgue. Like, yeah. not the morgue oh. theater. No, that, no, no that's morgue. right. Like, the morgue. The morgue. Yes. That's right. A, the morgue. You, you that is what you correctly. Yeah. Yes. You it was booked a, shows for dead people? It, it was no. a venue what? in uh, Georgetown. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I played so, there once. Oh, no I, way. Never, what, when was this? I've only been in town for five years. They've been closed for three years. Yeah, now. three. Oh, okay. Three or four years. I did an anniversary closing show there in the parking lot the year after we closed. It was open for four years, and it was originally called the Retirement Home. And so when that got shut down, they're like, where do you go after a retirement home? The you morgue. go to the morgue. Uh, that's <laughs> so great. that's why it's called that. That's awesome. Um, it, coincidentally, it's the nice, fancy tapas bar next to La Fonda Katrina in Georgetown. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and yep. it looks rustic and old. And I'm like, I have seen people do 
horrible things in that building. <laughs> <laughs> I would never eat off that floor. Wow. <laughs> There's something like magical about playing at a venue before it closes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, like we played the Fun House right before it closed, and we actually oh, told man. people that it closed because we broke it. Like, <laughs> like we tried to take credit for yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like when once it's gone. And you drive by and there's some like new condo mm-hmm. there. You can always say, I made rock right there. And it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like we got a bad announcement. Like the um, property manager in Georgetown that owns most of Georgetown property, like the monopoly man of that, he had wanted that property for a long time and the owner would never sell to him. So he did all sorts of things like send the liquor control board to us under undercover. <laughs> and we were a speakeasy. So it just wasn't very easy. Um, it was a speak hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we had a couple of like skinheads come in and start a fight, and it got really nasty. And people in the other businesses got concerned and involved, and kind of pushed for us to close. And that's why it happened. So, oh, yeah, the shows right after that, everyone kind of like had that feeling of like this is this is probably the last one. Wow. Yeah. End times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always so frustrating. I remember we played. Uh, I think maybe it's our fault, but we played the Comet before it closed. I mean, it reopened, but it's something mm-hmm. else now. It's sure. not the same Comet. Yeah, yeah. No. and we played the Two Bit and Ballad right before it closed. Oh man, you were the Kiss of Death band. I know. Yeah, the Kiss of Death. Yeah. Well, I had a show booked at Mars Bars like the week before it closed, and had to shuffle a band like a four band bill around in a week, and that's I just do a lot of stuff for the music community and like punk and DIY that instantly like cat the kraken was like we have that day open do you want it i was like yes please like everyone just go there instead (laughs) i have very few punk credentials but my favorite moment my favorite experience at the kraken was when i was just there having a drink with a friend Mm -hmm. a few years back and some random punk kid came up to me and he was like you were in see you in mexico you were in that band you guys (laughs) were awesome that's right i've seen that band Yeah, yeah yeah i was in that band you played that benefit show at the morgue. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Our best song. Uh, I was okay, there. this is maybe not fair to say, but our best song was the one song that I wrote. <laughs> I know that one. No. <laughs> um, to be fair, I was probably doing door out front, so you I didn't actually have been. see. Yeah. And that was that would have been right around, if not just before we met. I have the flyer from that show. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I would love to see that. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I would love to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so well, let's let's talk yes. about who we are because yeah. we, we just jumped right into this shit. I okay. feel like you guys know me now. Um, so we've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is something I've been really excited about. Uh, you guys are. Wait, are you recording? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, we've been I'm just recording. Kidding. I know. Um, <laughs> I like to do a test podcast first. Yeah. Dump it and do a second one after that. So <laughs> get ready for a, like a seven-hour haul here. Here we awesome. go. Awesome. Uh, well, Kayla and Graham, why don't you introduce yourselves and your your podcast, sure. which is fucking rad that I love. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. We appreciate that. Um, well, uh, my name is Graham Clem, um, and I am what? Well, well, Kayla. Go ahead. Wait, I'm Kayla. I am Kayla, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Grant Clement. I am Kayla. I know. It's a weird situation we yes. have here. I'm Graham. I had a feeling. Yeah. And... <laughs> He's a really good ventriloquist. Yeah. 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 It's, if only the podcast audience right now. Right. could see what we're doing because yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It's just me and Graham, and Graham's doing a killer Kayla impression. Throwing it across mm-hmm. the room to the other, the third mic. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we do this podcast called the, called the Skillshot Pincast, mm-hmm. and coincidentally we started up about the same time that Jesse did. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we do a podcast about pinball and pinball podcast. culture and... Mm-hmm. 
people that love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, for anybody who is in the Seattle area who's remotely involved with uh, pinball, like maybe the, the name Skillshot pricked your ears. That's because it's been a uh, an independent zine for the pinball community here in Seattle for six or no, Over seven eight or eight, eight years. We had now. our eight year anniversary in uh, September. That's right. It was mm-hmm. our eight year anniversary. So, yeah. And Kayla and I are the... Uh, well, I'm I'm the third newest member. I'm and the baby. Yeah, yeah. but you, but you've been involved for <laughs> for five years yeah. almost. Yeah. So you know we've had the same group kind of running for a while, but mm-hmm. it was like uh, a debrief meeting I think that we had in April or something where I I floated the idea of uh, starting a podcast and uh, Kayla you know raised her hand and said I'd I'd, I'd do that with you. Yeah. I was like, All right, cool, and we <laughs> took it from there. Mm-hmm. That's great. There were members of Skillshot that was like, I don't want anything to do with it. That's right. I think both Jeff and Andrew are like, we are fully supportive of that idea and we will support you from yeah. like the back end, but we will never speak on yeah. like. Like Jeff was like, I'll do your graphics. And Andrew said, I'll do your sponsor reads when you get them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Still waiting for those sponsors. Right. So, so the reason this is happening is because I met Graham at a Halloween party. That's right. And you almost talked about this on your show and you didn't. And now is, now is your chance. We were talking about this shit. <laughs> I met Graham, and he was dressed as Jedi Dude. That's right. Which he was means, so apprehensive about this costume, too. Uh, it was so I good. Was, I was. It's a combination a of a Jedi and the dude from The Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. And I was there with my friend Ryan, and I was wearing like a silver spacesuit, and I was just dressed as myself. Like, right, because you're I from the year 3000. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, I... This is I for a couple of Halloweens. I just have so many outfits in my closet to wear on stage. I was like, well, I, I don't have an outfit, so I'm gonna wear the silver spacesuit mm-hmm. and my my Han Solo host, holster that I built for my Han Solo costume, and just go to this party. And it's gonna be awesome. Uh, so you were with a group of people that were all dressed as yep, we were like all Star, Star Wars, Wars yep. people, and I I just like oh cool Star Wars people. So I just <laughs> walked, walked over to you guys, and I look at you. I'm like, wait, are you the dude? Wait, you have a lightsaber on. Wait, you're drinking. Bantha milk? Right? <laughs> it's uh, a blue Russian, man. A blue Russian. The Mandalorian. It was, it was the Bantha milk that really did it for me. That really uh, sold your costume. And you had long hair at that time, mm-hmm. and you looked like the dude, but you, you had like a lightsaber on your on your hip and Bantha milk. So you were a Jedi dude. And it was it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I uh was was it your friend Ryan then that I was uh, speaking with before you sidled up? Uh yeah, yeah so like I don't even remember how we started talking. I was just near the drink table, I think. And and he just kind of came up and we started chatting, just, you know, casual party chat. And like, you know, it it, it, it didn't quite like click. We weren't we didn't quite find our our groove. But, you know, we're being sociable and whatnot. And and you sidled up and somehow pinball came up very quickly. Yeah. And you just jumped into it. And like (laughs) and we just took off from there. And then I mentioned doing the podcast. You're like, I have a podcast. And (laughs) we were fast friends from that point. on. Yeah. (laughs) And then immediately we're like, well, we should go on each other's podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it's been we've been talking about it ever since. So then we like started listening to each other's shows. Mm -hmm. And then I Kayla, you and I started like we became like online friends yeah. first. We were just uh-huh. chatting online for a while, and I just met you, um, what on like Christmas. three weeks ago? Yeah, like right before Christmas, a month ago. Yeah, yeah, right before. Yeah, it was at Audrey's Christmas party. So much fun! It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and you came by yourself, yeah. which was brave, knowing zero, people. knowing <laughs> nobody. Yeah, yeah, you just showed up, and I was like super excited to meet you because we've been chatting online mm-hmm. for a little bit about um, like podcasting and like sci-fi and stuff mm-hmm. and what we're gonna do on the 
cross cast and yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we finally got to chat in person, which was like super cool. Was but so I was also wearing a spacesuit that night. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird to see you in your normal clothes or right. like this as is, your Clark Kent outfit. Yeah, my normal clothes <laughs> is a spacesuit. Like, right, that's where I. Feel I'm sorry, I feel. I, I take it back. That was wrong of me. Well, th- you know, this is this is the costume that I wear to yes. exist in society. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about sci-fi and pinball, and then maybe sci-fi pinball. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. So our rundown, we just went to John John's Game Room uh, on Olive and played a couple games there. And I probably spent the majority of our time there. And we went to the Cha-Cha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a little... We, we popped into the Ray Gun and decided that yeah. the games weren't to our taste tonight. Well, mm-hmm. we wanted... We're like, is there a sci-fi game at the Ray Gun? Mm-hmm. We walked in, there was not, and we left. Well, I yeah. mean, there's Dungeons and Dragons, well, but that's like, yeah, fantasy, that's right. you know, it's, it's well, sci-fi adjacent. Here's this right. thing that you wanted me to talk about on the podcast when we did, when we met at that party, is that I told you, I don't think that there's a stark distinction between sci-fi, fantasy, horror, or whatever. They hmm. just appeal to different emotions. Yeah. Like, sci-fi makes you think, fantasy makes you dream, and horror just makes you feel. Like, it's just... Huh. It's all the hero's journey it's all like the same story at the base of it and it just appeals to different parts of your emotion and i attribute it to um that star trek the next generation episode in like season two where there's the chorus for the deaf guy yeah so he's Uh like this one is for my sexuality this one is for my artistic side this is for my political side yeah that's all that this is interesting so Mm. so in your estimation all genre fiction is different aspects of the human condition. It says a lot more about your personality, I think. I think that's a super cool idea. I'm such like a sci-fi nerd that I feel like there are like uh, sci-fi kind of encompasses all of the human condition to sure. me where there are like horrifying things in sci-fi where it kind of crosses over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things that make me dream in sci-fi and there are mm-hmm. things that make me think um, but that's my same argument for why they're all the kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just how you filter them, though, right? I yeah. mean, like, you know, the, what's the, the, the primary difference between sci-fi and fantasy is that sci-fi is ostensibly logic-based in some way, shape, or form. You know, like, you're, you, you, you can see the... the or you, you have to prove the world. Exactly. You have yeah. to have rules. And e- even if yeah. there's some suspension of disbelief, there, yeah. there are still some clear-cut reels. There's, there's not be a straight reason. up magic, you know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The reason yeah. can't be because magic, which yeah. is why Star Wars <laughs> is fantasy. Mmm, interesting. Because the Force is magic. That, yeah, that's... Unless you made a Chlorian that shit, and that's <laughs> that is more sci-fi, but then it makes uh-huh. me dislike it, so... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, long... <laughs> I know we got to fall on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, but horror just has to make you Feel. fear. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just gets that visceral emotions out of you. Yeah, and I love all three, like, I'm really into all three, and they do kind of like titillate different mm-hmm. aspects of my brain. I hate that word. I <laughs> it feels dirty, right? It feels gross. Yeah. Well, so so uh <laughs> so there was some Walking Dead gameplay tonight at John yeah, Jones. Yeah, there was. Yeah. And uh while while that was happening, I was I was trying to consider our our recording a couple hours in the future and I was thinking, does the Walking Dead count exclusively as horror or is this a sci-fi pinball game? Well, zombies, there is like a element of sci-fi in zombies. Right. The idea that there could be a virus mm-hmm. that would turn 
the dead to the living. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I would the dead live. <laughs> <laughs> I would dare say that the zombie genre has actually gradually evolved into more of a sci-fi genre. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when we, we twenty-eight like, days later, for sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They, I, I, you know, like I, I think most of us would would mark uh, Night of the Living Dead as kind of the inception mm-hmm. of the genre, right? And in my opinion, that's a little bit more straight horror. Like, there's not an explanation at all. It's just, it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. terrifying, and you're trapped in this house, and and so on and so forth. But, you know. But then there's things like The Serpent and the Rainbow, where it's, like, very Haitian-based. Mm, and okay. very, like... Fair. Um, I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, that's the end of that thought. <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of, like, I feel like uh, with zombies, in order to perpetuate the genre... They've had to come up with more and more interesting ideas about why the the people are turning into zombies. Yeah. And that that in and of itself kind of makes it more science fiction because as you try to create a reason, you're going in that sci-fi direction just by making like connecting the dots and saying, yeah. "Oh, this is my idea about why zombies exist." And you can tell a different type of zombie story just by saying this is why they're there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so like a number of years ago I saw Stuart Gordon speak in front of a uh... Reanimator, so the mm-hmm. director Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, I fucking love that movie. I know it's so good, right? Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, I love Jeffrey Combs. He's brilliant. He's in so much Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was probably like eighteen, and he did a he did a Q and A after at a local theater oh, in Tacoma, cool. and he had this great quote that I like continue to think about every now and then, but he equated like different horror tropes to sexuality, like huh. vampires, the pro- provocative, like intelligent creature that creeps into your bedroom and like just takes you and werewolves are this ravaged beast that just like is the um animal instinct of sexuality and huh. zombies are life without procreation whoa and I'm like hmm. what yeah <laughs> it's That's like the virgin cool. mary yeah uh a slight tangent but when you said Stuart gordon uh, i actually haven't seen reanimator but it's still like uh, kind of pricked a, a mm-hmm. you know one of my sensors here um, because I'm I'm a huge fan of a, a podcast called the Flop House okay. um, where they they watch bad movies and they talk about it. and there are like you know a dozen of those but these guys are crazy hilarious and I recommend the Flop House to anyone uh, and Stuart Gordon is a constant topic of conversation because uh, his movie Castle Freak is uh, one that Stuart Wellington, one of the three guys on, uh, on the flop house is like, he, he's made it his movie recommendation, like every single episode, dozens and dozens <laughs> of times, huh. dozens of times. So it's like a <laughs> long running joke. And like, actually, if you go to the Wikipedia for castle freak, like flop house is referenced because of like ridiculous, so like, uh, interpretations of that movie's plot line. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. Is that he, like Stuart Gordon typically does like very Lovecraftian themes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that one. Apparently, falls in line. Castle Freak is also a Lovecraft mm-hmm. uh, adaptation, which I just found out. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, Dreams of a Witch House. Um, what else? I can't think off the top of my head right now. But like he does, he's you very heavily <laughs> inspired by um, Lovecraft. A reanimator from Beyond, Castle Freak, yeah, Dagon, so and great. Dreams in the Witch House are all Lovecraftian mm-hmm. adaptations. It. Reanimator is a really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because that is like the the quintessential zombie movie that is also a science fiction movie. Totally. Because you don't even know that it's a zombie movie for the first half of it mm-hmm. because there's a crazy scientist who's trying to reanimate life. Like Frankenstein. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to create life from the dead. Yeah. And then 
accidentally make zombies and then they kill everybody. And it's wonderful. And it's it's like such a great ride and I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm all like, oh man, the background noise is so loud. It is. Yeah. Like we apologize, shit. but this is the way it is. Yeah. Ooh, it's so frustrating. It's mm-hmm. driving me crazy. Um, for our <laughs> listeners, if you are catching this on either side of our podcast, but for people who haven't been... Um, haven't been briefed. Yeah, that don't know about Jesse's plight. He had a flood in his apartment on the third floor, right? First floor. First floor. Okay. Yeah. And now we are in higher elevation where we're catching... Fourth floor. Yes. We're getting radio waves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're getting three floors more of radio waves than yeah. we ever had mm-hmm. before. We're on Capitol Hill right by those big radio towers, and I have mm-hmm. tried everything I can think of, and I thought I succeeded like three yeah. times in getting rid of this, and now it's just even worse. So This is like really bad. This is like the worst I've had. Uh, the music they're playing right now in particular is pretty... Oh, yeah. They just they just no, settled it down. <laughs> Thank you, um, mysterious radio station. Let me, let me try one thing real quick. Cool. How's that? That's much better. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so frustrating because it keeps like, I keep losing my train of thought because I'm know, hearing the right? background noise. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a stickler for podcast quality. And I, yeah. that's like something I really pride myself on, but now I can't get the quality I want. But you know what? We have a quality conversation, so it doesn't really matter, right? Ooh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> um, talking about like genre crossover is really interesting because there is so much in sci-fi and even in just like one particular show Mm -hmm. like Star Trek The Next Generation will do horror episodes where everyone's de-evolving into some horrible creature and it doesn't feel as science-y like the science is very thin and then the horror is very thick you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) the horror is very real Um, I mean they'll do romance episodes they'll do all sorts of stuff Um, but maybe, maybe I guess what you're saying is that like the like the core of like if that episode feels more like horror, it's more like hitting my emotional center than my logical center. Yes. So, so I guess what you're saying in that way is, is that maybe the maybe that's a way to kind of determine which genre is at the forefront mm-hmm. because there's always going to be crossover. Mm-hmm. That's which a, one? It's really interesting. To. It's a really interesting idea that I I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because I just don't feel like we need to put up walls for things yeah. for art. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know? or for anything except yeah. for houses because it would yeah. be cold. <laughs> <Yeah. inside. laughs> for sure, not so. to keep people out per se, because there's people you want to invite in. Invite in. Yeah. Um, what yeah. like sci-fi are you guys super into? See, that was like a really um, well obtuse question for me when I, I knew that was coming. Cause like, I just I like stories. Yeah. <laughs> so I was recently informed that Star Wars is not it's sci-fi. Fancy. Right. So but I, we can totally talk about. I okay. obviously I talk about Star Wars was, a lot on I, this show. I very much, very much so. Star Wars was so much in my wheelhouse. I uh, I am a part of a Star Wars role playing uh, group, uh, and my character is Gilo Cavillo, which uh, means sly poet in Rodian. Uh, nice. I am a Rodian trader. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and that, that's just the tip of the iceberg there. So, uh, star Wars is a big, big, big touchstone. For Who are me. the celebrities from that planet? Uh, the celebrities Greedo. from that planet. Yeah. Okay. It's Greedo's Greedo. Yeah. Sure. Is the recognizable Greedo. guy who shot second. Yes. yes. Yeah. If at all. <laughs> if at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know what else. So um, on Thursday I was going to go see the thing, which I love. But instead, I'm going to go to a pinball tournament. So yeah. I had to make that decision between sci-fi <laughs> and fantasy. I love John Carpenter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Twilight Zone stuff. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of Chuck Palahniuk. Like, we talked about Rant that night that I met you, too. Yeah. With time travel and things like that. Yeah. Um, 
I've been on the ET ride. That was pretty dope. So, <laughs> so dope. Yeah. I love that ride. People like, it was fun. People got down on that ride. It's like, that ride was fucking awesome. Yeah. Because I was on a bicycle with ET. It's dude, like my dream. For real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I eat M&M's after, or Skittles afterwards, too. Yeah. You know? like, <clears throat> so uh, to bring those two things together, how do you all feel about the uh, the E.T. Easter egg and the prequels? I feel uh, like it's not so much. Well, we talked about this on Sci-Fi on Trial where, like... Oh, that's, that, Steel, that Spielberg, like, throwaway? Yeah, it was it was like a gift to Spielberg. Yeah. I, I like that it's there because I like that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are friends. I, that's something sure. that's always kind sure, of... Sure appealed to me but i hate that it's there because i hate the prequels and i wish they didn't exist (laughs) (laughs) despite everything that you went through with sci-fi and trial it sounded like you were coming around a little bit i was totally coming around and it uh you know what's funny is that when the force awakens came out all i could (laughs) all i could think when i was watching it is that the only thing that i don't like about this movie is the fact that the prequels exist Mm yeah because the force awakens was great and it was so much of what i wanted the prequels to be Mm-hmm. And I just don't like the CG environment of the prequels. Right. I, I don't like the texture, the feel, the the it's lighting, the dialogue, the mm-hmm. actors. Wait, so you don't like anything? That's like big, nothing. Big. I like yeah. almost nothing about. It. And Star Wars is so precious to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's why you and I wanted to chat because yeah. you were dressed as the Jedi dude. And two things helped. I really like is obviously the Big yeah. Lebowski is fucking awesome. Which, by the way, Big Lebowski pin is on the way. Yep. Yeah, they are I'm stoked about. They're that. being shipped now, aren't they? Are they really? I don't know. No Maybe way. not. Never mind. Never okay. mind. Never mind. I take it back. I take it back. But <laughs> okay. they are close. I'm like that's a rumor. They are I have close. Not damn it. Um, the Big Lebowski pin by Dutch Pinball Company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, that's it's their coming. first pin, right? Yes, that's well, pretty cool. It's their first full game. They did a um, a conversion kit for Bride of Pinbot. Oh that. right! So oh, really? Bride of Pinbot 2.0. Um, I love Bride of Pinbot. You will love it love more it. with you... their um, modifications. Mm-hmm. Was the mo- was the modified version at the Northwest Pinball Show? It was. I played it. Was it. in that LED room. I like, played it and I loved like, it. Yeah. With the space shuttles that you lock your balls into the, on the DMD. I don't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yes. And you can like. Uh, oh, I was playing that. I was like, "What's going on? Yeah, this so is weird. not normal." But I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I love that. No, that no. room was great. Yeah. yeah. I had yeah a great game on Medieval Madness in that room. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesse, are you aware that Bride of Pinbot is part of a pinball trilogy? I am, but I've only played. I think I've played the first one. Yeah, Pinbot once at some place in Wallingford. Okay. So in Georgetown, like Levi is the such a big nerd of that. And, and I say that in an endearing way, that he had them set up chronologically next oh. to each other. Yeah. Sadly, space sta- space shuttle is gone now. But it was is space that the shuttle. second one? So okay, when I say chronologically, I mean storyline wise. Oh. Okay. So I can't remember the years that they each came out, but it's like they build a space shuttle to go to space to get Pinbot, and then Pinbot has Ladybot. But where does Jackbot come into play? That's. That's the casino we don't talk about. Okay. <laughs> which, so which that's kind of, of parallel games. to everything. Yeah. Okay. But which yeah, of I mean, those games is kind of considered to be the best one? Uh, Bride, right? No, people really? don't like Bride. For really? Tournament, yeah, for tournament play. I love play, Bride. I love it. Okay. It's so fun. All right, fun. tournament play, I understand. But like, in terms of like just presentation, Bride It's my me. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. playing Bride with someone who doesn't know pinball, and it's such like a clear set of goals. Yeah, where you want to like fill her eyes yeah. with balls. Wait, well, no, and that's then, I know, it did. <laughs> so gross when I said it, though. It did. But here we go back to Frankenstein again. <laughs> okay. Because Bride of Pinball, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you're building this 
thing. You're yeah, building you're, this entity. You're physically building it. Yeah. Which is exciting. I mean, the physicality of pinball is why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be able to actually like kind of make that manifest through the actual doing of something is to me a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your first ball lock, you activate her voice and yeah. she said, I can speak now. Yeah. And then you activate her sight and she said, I can see I can now. See. Yeah. <laughs> and then you act, you, uh, transform her into a woman like a real sentient like full life being and the game goes dead and all you like a silent lights out everywhere and yeah. then a heartbeat just goes and then she starts singing and it's just the most beautiful thing like i love that game i think it's yeah, fantastic yeah, me too. Me too. i think it's great but tournament play like once you do that you're um so there's the small wheel that goes through all these different awards and there's the large wheel yeah the small wheel has better awards on it but it's harder to get to you have mm. to get to multi-ball lock two of your balls up there and then hit the small wheel and there's a very good chance that you get a, a billion points off of one of those wh- wheel awards wow. and that's why the game's kind of broken in tournament play yeah i could so if you can do that. that every time it's like okay or if you can just do that it's like oh, i lost by a billion points like, <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, mean, I don't remember off the top of my head, what's the scoring like on that game? Like, I know... Uh, oh, it's pretty low. Like, I, okay. I would say, like, a 20 million game is, like, pretty good. Damn. Pretty so, uh, yeah. It's not yeah. like Attack from Mars where you're going to get billions of points. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like a billion... It's more like, like Medieval Madness where getting, like, millions of points is impressive. Right. It's like one small step for Medieval Madness, one giant leap for... <laughs> 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 Attack Mars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, totally. um, but, yeah, I think Pinbot is probably more preferred and endeared but it's so frustrating mm-hmm. i don't yeah. have i don't have much experience with that one i've only played a little bit you'll come down to georgetown it's fine yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sad, but <laughs> i can't <laughs> wait to check yeah. out flip, flip, ding ding yeah. yeah there's 29 games there it's pretty great yeah nice. it's a wonderful location mm-hmm. so what do you guys think of the prequels just backing up a step i want to graham like someone who's super right. entrenched in star wars what do you think? i uh i you know i i saw episode one within the first couple days um, and yeah. I did a lot of bargaining with myself, like, okay, okay, okay how old do you see it? Uh, we're all 31. Yeah, that's oh, we're right. all 31. We're that's all right. 31. I have the worst memory. <laughs> uh, Kayla is 31 as of today, today as, as you know, if you didn't skip Wait, any part think, of this. I Should we sing happy birthday that. again? That was I really guess sweet. we could. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. That was really nice of you guys. So I'll listen to that every year from now on. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did a lot of bargaining with myself. Like, you know, I, I, that was fun. And moments like, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. You know, I see what they're setting up, you know. Yeah. And, um, I thought you meant bargaining is like, if you go to this movie, I'll buy you a popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> to and, yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and episode two, my uh, my my uh, girlfriend at the time uh, won tickets on the radio for That's it. That's the best way to see it for free. Right? Yeah. Totally. And so we went, like, opening night for that. And I, I wasn't able to make that bargaining anymore. I, I just yeah. couldn't do it. And truth be told, I never, ever have watched episode three in its entirety. And I know oh, wow. every, I know what you're about to say. I know what you're thinking. Episode three is the best of the prequels. Yeah. Didn't matter. It was just, <laughs> wow. I was just too heartbroken. I just couldn't do it. But and I have, truth is that it doesn't matter twice. because yeah. being the best of the prequels is still the not the very final. impressive. No, it is yeah. not a, not a resounding endorsement. Yeah. But, uh, I, I have seen big chunks of it because, uh, in November, a bunch of friends of mine and I, the same friends that I have the Star Wars role-playing game uh, ongoing with, um, we we had a, a watch party where we we did machete order 
you know, nice. four, five, yeah, yeah. and then the one, two, one, three, two. six. Well, uh, four, five, two, two three, three, six. six. Yeah. So what we actually yeah. did was we watched one of the uh, recut uh, okay. prequel mashup things. Good call. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was like five or ten minutes of episode one and then like kind of a, you know, hodgepodge of two and three together yeah more or less and uh i was checked out for a lot of it but yeah i got the gist of it and i yeah. you know really didn't need more of it than that um so yeah it's, long it's, story short not not a big fan <laughs> it, it's tough because watching those movies was a seminal part of my youth mm-hmm. how old were you when you first saw it can you remember uh episode one came out in oh i meant star wars in general oh star so, wars in general yeah oh boy um were you before 10 years old, do you think? It's hard to remember, huh? I did the math on this, but I forgot. Um, I was in fourth or fifth grade, I think. Mm-hmm. So I was young. And I remember the day... Okay, so when I was a kid, I was always into music. I played <coughs> piano. Uh, mm-hmm. I started piano lessons when I was six years old. Wow. And I started playing trumpet because... I went to the school where the elementary school, you could play like an instrument. Uh, so trumpet was what I chose. And then my mom's friend had a trumpet. So we went to her house and we bought this trumpet and I brought it home and I started trying to play notes on it. And it was so hard. And I watched Star Wars that day. Oh, man. And trumpet ended up being my main instrument for a long time. Like I went to the Olympics and played trumpet in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. What? And it was a seminal Holy. moment of my my life. That's sure. Huge. No, it was crazy in the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, Australia. And that's what made me no want to be a rock way. star is to like be on stage. Cause we played in a, in a stadium with 110,000 people. That's incredible. That's it was really amazing. So my whole life has just been like a wash of disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to grasp that moment kid. again. Actually the one moment I've ever Pass had the Olympic torch. <laughs> the one moment that reached that was the last Mugatu show because like we, we filled the high dive and we played the best show of our lives. And it was nice. just That's glorious. So cool. yeah. And it, the, the level of energy in that room was as high as it was in Olympic Stadium in Sydney, Australia in 2000. Ooh. But anyway, so I, I remember the day that I saw Star Wars for the first time. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember just having these two things in my hands at the same time. Just the trumpet, a new instrument. And there's nothing more exciting than a new instrument to someone who plays mm-hmm. music. Just mm-hmm. the possibilities that it opens is just so exciting. And then Star Wars felt like a new instrument to me. It was like the opening up of this huge book mm-hmm. that I was going to be able to play with for the rest of my life. And it was such an amazing feeling that is really hard to quantify. Um, and then all my, I, I'd always been the Star Trek guy my whole life because I've been watching Star Trek. Well, for, that's what you since. got you into trumpet, right? Because Riker. Ah, yeah. Riker, Riker and his trombone. He plays trombone, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be as cool as Riker. Yeah. <laughs> nowhere close. Your beard's better, I'll say that. Oh, thank yeah, you. you got yeah, yeah, a you. Uh, yeah, comparable to Riker beard, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, like, like, what a day, like, full of possibility. Mm-hmm. And the first time, I remember the first time I saw Empire, I was really upset by it because it was not the feeling of open possibility of... Of Star Wars. Dark, it was right? very yeah. dark. And uh-huh. I was so young, I could barely handle it. But Return of the Jedi, the first time I saw it, I had the stomach flu. And mm-hmm. I was projectile vomiting. Oh, my God. Um, like, I, my my dad's like, well, you should drink a root beer. It'll settle your stomach. And it did for a couple of minutes until I threw it up across the floor. <laughs> oh, <boy>. um, <laughs> but, but Jedi was on TV that day. And I 
watched it on TV for the first time. I don't like to watch movies on TV because uh-huh. you have the commercials, you have the edits. Like uh, Big Lebowski is the perfect example instead of you know, like, when you find a stranger. I in found the Alps. a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what happens, Larry. You see what happens, Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps yeah. instead of fuck a stranger in the yeah. ass. I know, yeah. Which so, is yeah. better. I mean, it's funnier. It's better. I like it anyway. So, <laughs> so I watched Return of the Jedi. Uh, while projectile vomiting root beer across the floor and just had this incredible, magical, transportive experience. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember how old I was, but I do remember the exact feeling of seeing that's, it for the first time. I think that's more, way more important. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't have that. Like, my... My memories just get more and more abstract as I go backwards, uh, yeah. and I couldn't even tell you when I first saw Star Wars for the first time. Me I know either. I think I feel like I saw all three of them like within the same week. Wow, really? yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot to take in. Because I mean, that's my, a lot of galactic history. Yeah. To my dad was <laughs> my dad was super into sci-fi, and my mom not so much. Mm. Like I told the story in our last podcast that, that like my I was so we were on our way to see Force Awakens on, Chris, on Christmas. I was like, Mom, are you excited to see new Star Wars? She's like. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not now, so. And the second time I saw it, I fell asleep. And it's like, you, we're not related. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> but she's like, I don't really remember what happens. And I was like, ah. <laughs> it was really difficult, but we made it through and she had a good time. And she wanted to keep, like, spoiling it with interviews about with Harrison Ford I was like no 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 like me and my sister like you no you're not allowed to speak anymore stop stop like (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) so it was a good time I I cannot identify when I first watched them they're just somewhere in my DNA as a Mm -hmm. child I I can clearly identify when I watched all three of the movies when they were re-released when I was in middle school. Right. That is. Special editions? Yeah I remember going to those I remember being Uh extremely excited because I was already like familiar with them at that right. point i don't right, right. i couldn't tell you when i got familiar with them beforehand but i was already full-on mm-hmm. engaged in the saga and um and i was just over the moon to see them on the big screen i saw them with my brother and my dad if i'm not mistaken um yeah and uh and and middle school was just a heap and helping of star wars lore and the expanded universe from here on oh, out dude. yeah mm-hmm. books mm-hmm. and the yes, card you... game and all that jazz yeah I didn't all that any, jizz i should say that. <laughs> that's not dirty that is what figure and dan and the modal nodes play <laughs> <laughs> that went way over my head technically the genre that they play is called jizz wait 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 hold on i'm not kidding what's the name of the band figrin dan and the modal nodes wow oh my and god dan is right. like holy D shit i didn't even A-N. recognize it when you said that but this is also like coming back to me because i read tales from the moss eisley cantina oh, yes indeed <laughs> i know it well i mean <laughs> wow what's the the story of uh what's his name what's talk- the the guy that uh eats people's brains what are you thinking about the uh <laughs> the guy uh, Panthabada? What's his name? Oh, Panda. Panda. Uh, Panda Baba or Panda something. Panda Baba. Like that. Yeah. Panda Baba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's his uh, compatriot's name? Gosh, I, I, my memory is too shot for that. Crazy Face and Seal Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy Face and Seal Man. <laughs> the epic tales of Crazy Face and Seal Man. <laughs> I don't like oh, you. That's good. My friend doesn't like you either. Have you seen the robot chicken version of that? I'm not sure. Oh, Graham, you would love it. Where? Uh, full disclosure, 
I have very mixed feelings about robot chicken. I do too. But that's oh, fine. Kayla, okay. You are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome to those mixed feelings, but you need to see all the Star Wars episodes of okay, Robot Chicken because they legit. are great. All right. And they do this thing where I like I trust Jesse's opinion. Uh, pa- I do too. Panda Baba, too. you know how like he's kind of like growling and walrus speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other guy, what's what's his fucking name? God damn it. We could we please could look it up. It's gonna okay, drive me right. crazy. Um Panda Baba's like saying, hi, how are you? It's nice to meet you. And the other guy's like, he doesn't like you. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they end up cutting his arm off. And he's an architect and needs that arm to draw his his sketches. Now he's a one-arm architect. I'm going to type in Panda Baba <laughs> on uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> on my Wikipanian app. And it just comes up with a list of Star Wars characters. Oh, goodness. So this will be in... That's a long list. I have to make like a gross like admission that um, once I saw Maz Katana, yeah, uh, I thought I I misheard. And I was like, most Esli, because it was so similar. No, yeah. I think I think that was a, a deliberate reference oh, because yeah, they had so? yeah, oh, absolutely. The cantina, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, and they, uh, they had a band kind of. Uh, totally. Yeah, playing yeah. like a Rob, reggae Rob, version. Rob, of so yeah. I, got, yeah. I got all wrapped up in it. I was like, of course the saber would be a Masa's container. Like, of course right. it would. I was like, oh, wait, that wasn't where we were. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did love the music they were playing in that cantina. Yeah. Of the only bummer I had is this, there was no Toilix. Like, I love yeah, Toilix. No so this yeah. is something that I read that I was like, holy shit, you're right. None of the familiar species were there except mm-hmm. for the characters that we know, like Admiral Akbar right. or uh, Nian Num was there. But... Mm-hmm. Like one one character from the species that we recognize, but not just random background characters. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I did like. I heard some complaints like, "Oh, they don't even go to Naboo or Tatooine." It's like, well, and I was uh, like, psh, "It's psh. a fucking huge universe. Can right. we go somewhere else?" I loved that they didn't yeah. go to any planets that we knew. I mm-hmm. love that Jakku was like another garbage wasteland planet. Yeah. Me too. I'm That's a great. big fan of it. Also, I, I can't say this enough. I'm so pleased. Like, I just opened up my Google app, and I'm just so pleased with myself that I know for some reason to spell how to spell Panda Baba. <laughs> I, 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 I type in Panda, and Baba just comes up. <laughs> nice. What's it? Do you get his partner's name yet? Uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. All right. All I, this oh background character. I, I, uh, uh, background history. Uh, I, t- you know what was great was Tales from Jabba's Palace, where you get the story of how Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc pit. Was that the book that it was in? I'm pretty sure that was the book it was in. Doctor Cornelius Evazan. 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 That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fancy name. I did not remember his first name being Cornelius. Yeah, who did? That must That's be a funny. reference to Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I love every champ I see. I would love to from see chimpanzee to from chimpanzee. Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. Ooh, Doctor Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. That is the best. I would love to see a Planet of the Apes pinball game. Oh my god! And you know what? <laughs> Wait, we have to we have to address the fact that all of us know the Planet of the Apes Simpsons song. Well, oh, yes, yeah. I listen awesome. to a Simpsons podcast every day. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. you do a Simpsons podcast? No, I listen to one. Oh, you listen yeah, to one? Okay, it's, it's been fantastic. That's cool. Did you see uh, the Simpsons play, uh, Mr. Burns? I didn't, but it, oh. like once I listened to your interview, I was like, why did I not go? Man, it was great. Man, it sounded great. Yeah, What's your favorite I, episode or one of your tops? Mm. I know mine. I'm going to say monorail. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Marge versus the monorail. It's good. Yeah. And I, I fell solid. off. 
I don't remember how many seasons I saw, but I definitely am not right. up to date. After like eight or nine ish, yeah, it's no, fine. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. And it's not even a generational yeah. thing. So, like, those of you listening that think that, you can fuck off. I don't yeah, care. yeah, no, like, for sure. No. Seasons, I would say two through seven are immaculate and everything else, like, get familiar if you want, but no big deal if you don't. I literally, okay, I was playing flip flip or I was playing pinball at flip flip one day and I heard the bartender, who, which is a woman I won't say by name because I think she's a fantastic person. Other, aside from this egregious error, um, <laughs> but I was playing pinball and actively heard her say, "I don't really like The Simpsons, especially the older stuff." And Whoa. I was like, "Hold on a second. I trapped my ball and looked at her. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck did you just say?" Yeah. I love <laughs> and, that when you're playing pinball and you got to trap your ball just to have yeah. a very important yep. moment uh-huh. with someone. It's it happens poignant. all the time. All the time. <laughs> and my, my my best friend Ross made this comment. It's like. I hate having sex, especially the orgasm part. Like, you know, it's wow. like that's basically what she said. Holy you know? shit. Yeah. Um, my favorite. That is very uh, similar. Yeah. My favorite episode is. But orgasms are gross. Let's be honest, guys. I'm totally kidding. I'm not <laughs> serious. You both looked at me with like the most like crazy disgust. I just didn't know how to like deal with hey, it. Yeah, after it's that. fine. You're a foreplay man. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> but I really Let's like. Let's rate um, orgasms on a one to ten. What's. Eleven. Okay. These orgasms go to 11? Seven and a half. <laughs> what? Just kidding. Okay. Um, I know Madeline's at home just like, what? Uh, she doesn't even listen to my podcast, <laughs> so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, probably safe there. Well, then let's just talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. uh, but no, I love the um, scenes from the class circle in Springfield where, where uh, Marge gets the Chanel suit. Do you guys remember that one? Wow. Where they go to the country tell, club? Tell me more. Um... What what season was this? Uh, season seven. Okay. Um, so Marge goes to like an outlet store and finds a Chanel suit for like a lower middle class or middle middle class price. Sure. And gets it and like runs into like one of her high school friends at the gas station. She's like, "Oh, Marge!" Like she doesn't know how to um, pump gas. She's like, "Car skills and fashion sense. You came so far from the girl I knew nothing about in high school." <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. I laughed. I thought I laughed harder. <laughs> it's such a good. <laughs> hey, Kayla, um, fun trivia point. Oh no, sorry. Oh, continue. I have one more of my favorite yeah, quotes yeah. from that I'll, episode. I'll, I'll hold it. Because Cletus it. is at the outlet mall. Of course he is. I love. And Cletus. so Marge is like, I can you know, flipping through Cletus all these things, and <laughs> and he goes, Darlene. How about this one? She goes, Cletus, you know I gotta wear the one what Dairy Queen gimme. <laughs> like, I fucking love it so much. Oh man. So I, I what episode is it? Is it the, the shortcuts uh take send off uh for Simpsons where like they've got they, they the do clip the clip show or Yeah, or, I don't know. There's there's an episode where like they uh they just focus on, you know, individual characters like mm-hmm. there, there might be more than they one do a but clip show for like, one season finale there's one where they've just got a couple clips for cletus and it's like some folk will never eat a skunk but then again some folk will like cletus the slack jawed yeah. yoko <laughs> yeah. some folk will never lose a toe but then again some folk will anyway etc etc yeah. um oh man so oh, good. This reminds me. So when I was a kid, I had a CD of the Simpsons music. Uh, don't. Oh, which one? Though? <laughs> no, it was so great. Like it was. Sing what was it? Yeah, that's the one I know real well. It was just like uh, <laughs> like all the Dr. Zayas stuff was on there. Oh, okay. okay. So this like, is like it was from the show, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was all stuff from the show. Okay, that sounds and good. The music from the Simpsons is I remember what incredible. I was 
And I used to listen to it all the time. I'm, though, like, when I was 17, I had, I had my very, very first beer. beer. Yes. Yeah. I had my very first beer I purchased with a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> my name was Brian McGee. I, I stayed, stayed up, up listening, listening to Queen, Queen. <laughs> when I was seven. So I, like, knew all yeah. this stuff so well. <laughs> Who needs the quickie mart? Who needs the quickie mart? An all syrup super squishy? <laughs> Such a thing has never been done. So I knew, like, so many things from that CD that I hadn't even seen in the show because like, oh, I had wow. I, like, missed that, that episode or something. That is such a weird experience. Yeah, yeah. it was super weird. Uh, yeah, like uh, like there's a lot of things that I could recite that I don't know if I've seen in the show right. because I've heard them on that CD. Oh That's my weird. gosh. All right, well, Kayla, here's the anecdote that I wanted to mention here just a couple minutes ago. Uh, fun <laughs> trivia <a> fact. Uh, <laughs> fun trivia fact. Uh, my first story that I pitched for Skillshot and never finished Ooh. was a comparison between the original Data East Simpsons pinball game to and Simpsons, Simpsons pinball, pinball party. party. Yeah. Wow. wow. And I went to Rod, I went to Rod's house, Rod Olson's house wow. to play uh, the original Simpsons game uh-huh. and take notes. And I have those notes somewhere. Dude. And I never, never We're... wrote that story. Graham. And I, I, I'm sure that that is Rod's first impression of me somewhere in the back of his brain Gra- is that guy that couldn't yeah. deliver. Even though he invited me over to his house, even though he barely knew me, he probably doesn't remember. I don't like Data East pinball. I I just want to make a podcast resolution for that. Okay, yeah, let's hear. When we get on Patreon, that's going to be one of our our goals, our stretch goals. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited in general. Wait, what? What other Data East pinball tables are there? Uh, The original Batman, Tales from the Crypt is uh, Data East, really. Yeah, I haven't played it. Jurassic Park, maybe you've Mm. heard of it. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, you know, I must be That's thinking of Sega time. tables because South Park. Oh, is Star Wars, Star Wars Eighty East is pretty decent. Yeah, I like the Star Wars. The Star Wars Eighty Batman is, Forever is okay. <laughs> the Batman Forever I liked. Okay. Wait, that's Sega. Wait, who, no, who, no, made, no, that's who made Sega. South Park? Yeah, yeah. Who made South Batman Park? Forever is Sega. Uh, South Park is Stern. Mm-hmm. South Park is Stern. Yeah. Isn't it? No, no, it's Sega. I'm sorry. No, it's it's got to be Sega. Yeah, because it's six player. No, yeah. it's it's got to be the Sega games. I yeah, know. you're, you're I, right. It's Sega. The Sega the never really. The South Park game was <laughs> is maybe my least favorite. Pimple yes, table. that's it's why disgusting. we're friends. It's I hate terrible. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like w- the hole in the table is so fucking big. It's horrible. It's so, so stupid. Like. Ugh. I hate it I, so much that I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, let's, that, let's yeah. move on. Yeah, just, but I, before okay. we completely move on, I just want to say note to all pinball manufacturers. If you put a toilet on your play field, you have <laughs> failed. You have failed. Yeah. South Park, terrible. Austin Powers, terrible. Don't put a toilet on your play field. It's the this test. Right. That, yeah, exactly. It is. I, it, I, is the, it is the indicator of creative bankruptcy for play field design. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not wild about the Data East Star Wars table. No, it's not good. I I, uh, I don't like the feel of I it. I like it better than Star I like Wars Episode this. One. That, Ooh. Well, <laughs> that's not hard. The the Data like East pinball table, like Episode like, One. Like the, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that brings up a whole new host of questions. Maybe for a different podcast. <laughs> I feel like Jar Jar Binks. Me is, likes herpes. Is a, <laughs> like watching Jar Jar, Binks, Jar Jar Binks is a comparable feeling to, to having, having an herpes. STD. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh huh. He's the herpes <laughs> of characters. <laughs> He's uh, a the, the one disease. place where that breaks down is, oh. is the appeal to children. Okay. True, because children love Edit Jar Jar Binks. And they <laughs> Show me a child. Oh, I'm that. leaving that <laughs> in. Yeah, right. I mean, it's inaccurate. 
it's an accurate metaphor. Fair enough. Oh my god. Fair enough. Or is this simile? I'm Golly jeepers. <laughs> now I just want to find all the Data East pinball games because I feel like I there have to defend. Oh, I enjoy do. the Simpsons so, Data East. I Rocky do. and Bullwinkle. Is that Data East? Yes. I okay, maybe I just fine. haven't Here's played the thing that many. About Data I got I gotta say if it's not if it's not Williams or Bally and it's old, I kind of avoid it. Here's the thing about Data East. Sure, sure. I am absolutely with you. My favorite pinball machines yeah. are like Late '80s to late '90s Williams Valley games. Fuck they're, yeah, they're of course, the, absolutely the best. Yeah, yeah. There's people that don't feel that way, and I respect their that opinion. Who are those people, and where do they live? My golden age is late '70s, early '80s Bally's. So I like think early solid states. Early solid states, exactly. Like what machines? I, uh, I'm talking Centaur. I'm talking Fathom. Gorgar. I'm talking Gorgar, Embryon, and Xenon. I'm talking uh, Eight Ball Deluxe. Yeah, Eight Ball Deluxe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about so, it. I like those tables. Electra. I like Globetrotters. I like those tables, Electra. but they don't do it for me because I feel like they have not reached their potential of what pinball can be. And I feel like that I happens. I feel like that's not fair. Yeah, that's, you know, that, they were a product of their times, so but they were yeah. a gorgeous, gorgeous product of their times. No, and it, like I can, I can appreciate them because they're heading in the direction that I love, but mm-hmm. pinball definitely reaches like a climax. And it, okay, I got the list Laser War. Nah, haven't played fine. it. No worries. Back to the Future, which I've never oh, played. Sucks. Played it, hated it. Does sucks. it really? Hated oh, it. Man. Terrible. They Huge had, disappointment. I played it at the next, Las Vegas. Uh, you guys are kind of all museum. I hated it. They had it next to a DeLorean at the show last year. It was. I was like, oh, this is gonna be uh, great. Just looking at the DeLorean is better than yes. playing the. My siblings table. and I. Yeah. So, so my family went on a trip to Southern California and uh, Baja, uh, California, uh, in December. And when we we crossed the border north uh, and stayed in San Diego for a couple nights, the first night we were out there, like, you know, we had we had just spent six days in a row with our entire family, plus my aunt and uncle. And we were just like desperate to just drink at a bar with young people in the United States. And we went to a pinball bar in San Diego in North Park. And uh, on wait, on wait, their website, on. I grew up in San Diego. Oh, I bet you know what bar are you talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh god, you probably didn't hang out in North Park. To be fair, no, I lived in uh, Normal Heights, which is right by North Park. But there wasn't. I wasn't like a big pinball person in San Diego. I don't. When I go back to visit my family, I don't know where to go. So you got. Wasn't tell it me something like the Coin Box or like the Coin? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something box. Coin Box or Coin Op or something like coin that. Op, yeah, yeah. It was like um, keyword. But their website advertised them having Back to the Future. And Which I had never played went, it before. Right? Like, I, I mean, we were going to go anyway because, like, it was oh, very yeah. clear based on all the recommendations I got from friends last minute and, uh, you know, and my search of mm-hmm. pinball, et cetera, uh, that, that that was the neighborhood we needed to go to. But uh, but I was psyched to get potentially the opportunity to play Back to the Future for the first time. They did not have the game there, and I was very disappointed. So I have very mixed feelings about this universal panning that I've received it's just, from the two it's, of you. Okay. You're going to be disappointed. Well, keep going. What else, okay. what else do we have? Uh, so Batman, the original Batman, which I enjoy. Oh, Whatever. So there was a Batman day. But, I haven't played it. Uh, checkpoint. Here's oh. here's the exception that proves the rule, at the very least. Guns and Roses. No? I haven't played Kayla? it either. No love? Okay, I know you guys love, oh, I know I, you guys love I your rock and roll games. Game. I'm not as wild about rock and roll did games. Did you see my face? I do like ACDC a yeah, lot. Yeah, Kayla was not enthused. I really like ACDC. I did not like Rolling Stones. The I did ma- not like Kiss. The match sequence is a girl flashing you. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry. Awful. All right. So, so sexism aside, I think Guns N' Roses <laughs> is a well-executed pinball game. It's fine. Hook, Jurassic Park, oh, right. King I Kong. Did, I did kind of like Hook. Last Action Hero, Lethal Weapon 3, Maverick, Monday Night Football, Phantom of the Opera, RoboCop, 
Robocop fucking rules. Sweet okay, combat. there we go. Okay, I got Kayla on board for one game so far. Oh no, I like Data East. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so we're trying to it's we're just trying to me. convert just Jesse here. Yeah. Uh, Secret Service, I've never heard oh, of. Oh, Secret Service is at Lucky Liquor now, and it's the back class is amazing. It's okay. like this woman leaning out of a convertible, like with Secret Service agents, like shooting fucking AKs. All right, like, <laughs> I'm sold already. Uh, the Simpsons, Data East, uh, I Star Trek. Uh, there, yeah, that's right, because there are four Star Trek pinball yeah. games, yeah, and, TOS, and somehow this TNG. is the first moment that it's coming up in this <laughs> podcast. Uh, Star Wars, Data East, which. I apparently like more than the two of you. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is fine. And you can No, go- it is not fine. Okay. Take that back. Uh, I won't. Oh. <laughs> um, but I... I hate that game. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Jesse, you decide when you come play at Flip Flip Ding Ding with us. There's a spinning pizza. Um, I will arbitrate this decision. Time right, Machine, The Who's Tommy Pinball Wizard, which is... That's I, good. Yeah. I like it. It's got some That's real fun novels. That's for me. Yeah, like yeah. The, okay, the, fair enough. Uh, the yeah. making you blind thing is kind yeah, of but that's a lot of fun. Still not um, my favorite. And WWF Royal Rumble, which I kind of like, frankly. Can I just say I've literally played every game on that list? Uh, have you really? Yeah. Well, I, I think you're the most well versed, but you haven't <laughs> sold me. So I've played very few, but the few I have played were not my favorites. Honestly, I think I have a soft spot, soft spot for Data East, even if the games are subpar in general, just mm-hmm. because they embody like this late '80s through mid '90s period of pop culture that so seriously resonates nostalgia wise with me. Yeah. Interesting. So the, the thing about data East is that they took a couple of my favorite like IPs and they did things with them. I wasn't super crazy about sure. The star Wars game I felt like was not challenging. Shoot the death star. Right. Where like the, the ramp shot is so fucking easy to hit Mm -hmm. where it's just like a wide open, yeah, like, it's, it's my very first pinball tournament for CL Pinball League. Like I played Jeff Gagnon on that game and I watched him get like 30 ramp shots in a row. Right. Yeah. And I, I got like 10, 10 or 12 ramp shots in a row and I'm not that great mm-hmm. at pinball and that shouldn't be possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I then can't... Back to the Future, I Back to the Future is so precious to me and just I saw Back to the Future pinball team. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to play this. I'm so excited. And I just didn't like it. But can we can we uh, maybe acknowledge that there's some sort of um, expectations uh, issue here as well? Like sure, like but but Williams meets my expectations whenever I have them. Yes, all right. So does Bally. But a lot of Stern Stern meets them oftentimes, not Mm -hmm. all the time, but sometimes. Has has Williams ever kind of failed you? Never. Hmm. So I will say one thing about um, Data East is they did Tribal. Um, which is pretty awesome. Like they they TM'd Tribal, which was their version of multi balls and like on right. Jurassic on Jurassic Park, like you can um you can go straight into Tribal on your last ball. Rocky and Bowling, you can go straight into Star Trek right into it. Hmm. Or um Star Wars. And um so it's like it's it's kinda like the players brand where like, oh I didn't complete my multi ball on ball one or get to it on ball two and but on ball three i can hit this smart bomb and it'll go straight into multi ball cool i and like that i'm into that it's it's a nice like gimme you know i will say the game joe and mac on super nintendo by data east is one of my absolute favorite games john hmm. is that like mac the martian no joe and mac you're you are cavemen and it's a cooperative two-player, so oh, you really? can each be a player and be on screen at the same time. And mm. you can either fight each other or you can be a team. So it, it can be that if you hit 
you're the other person you can hurt them or like the other person is just invisible to you and you're just trying to hit dinosaurs and pterodactyls and stuff. oh this looks so cool uh joe and mac is one of my absolutely favorite games is that a picture of Joan Mack? Okay. That yeah. does look cool. It's re- I have it. We should play it. It's so good. <laughs> um, so so I had like high hopes for Data East pinball tables because I love, like that's one of my absolute favorite video games of all time. And then I just wasn't overwhelmed by it. I wasn't thrilled by it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, I'm uh, I'm not like you guys where I play every pinball table. Like I, I'm very particular about what I like and what I play. And then I get really into what I play and then I get really upset when I have bad games. <laughs> sure. No, that's, yeah, I think that, that uh, difference kind of uh, bore itself out just uh, in our little pub crawl th- totally. uh, this evening. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about that a lot, that you, you focus on, like, Adam's family and Medieval Madness and really just, like, absorb a rule set. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Kayla, but uh, I... Uh, I adore the opportunity to uh, try a new game, regardless of what it is. When I see something that I've never played before, I'm stoked. Even yeah. if it's going to be a terrible game, I just want to taste it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just want to be able to check that box and say, here's another game I've tried. Totally. Yeah, that's why I love going someplace like the the Pinball Museum, mm-hmm. where there's just a bunch of games I haven't tried before, mm-hmm. where you get to just like check off a bunch of boxes and whether or not you like them doesn't matter, but just say that you've done it. It's like a bucket list thing to play all these different games. Um, Yeah. I will, I will always try a new game. Like that's definitely something that's exciting about pinball. It's like, how do I figure this out? Yeah. And I think, I think that's something that for the uninitiated is surprising that there are just hundreds upon hundreds of games out there that are, you know, they might play a little similarly, like, Oh gosh, what game was it that we were playing tonight even that uh while we were playing it I was thinking like this is kind of like Black Knight 2000. <laughs> um hmm. gosh, what was it? It was uh Oh no, no, was it, it was before game? It was before you guys showed up. I was playing Hard Body oh, at John yeah. John's. Oh yeah. Cuz it's and got that upper playfield. It's yeah. got that upper playfield, but it's also got that little uh, that middle lower play field that, like, horseshoe shot, shot? that horseshoe shot that yeah. thank you very mm-hmm. much uh and and that horseshoe shot was when it like occurred to me like wait a second this is more or less the uh same the, layout yeah the layout for black knight 2000 and it was kind of an epiphany you know mm-hmm. like it's it's not even a disappointment to find a game that plays similarly to another game it's kind of yeah. fun Mm. Well, I had the same thing where, like, I used to love Monster Bash. That was my favorite go-to game. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, it's the same as Medieval Madness and Attack from Mars. It's the same exact layout, same rule set, but just different kind of skin on it and different call-outs. Mm-hmm. Um, which, out of those three, I like Attack from Mars best. Uh, I just have the most fun with that. And I, I think it's a great flow game where you just keep sh- hitting shots and not a lot of, like, like, if you're going to drain, it happens right away. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. I like Medieval Madness is my favorite of those mm-hmm. three, but I love all three of them because they are familiar to me. Mm-hmm. First play, like first time playing Attack from Mars, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I get this because it reminds me of Medieval Madness. Yeah. It reminds mm-hmm. me of something that I love that I know. Absolutely, and, and it's 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 different enough that it's a new experience. But I get to have that experience anew and that experience fresh. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, to, to, to have a, that, that center shot that is so rewarding is, mm-hmm. is very, even if, even if you're well-versed in pinball, it's a beautiful thing. Totally. So, so Medieval Madness, which uh, comes, up a lot. <laughs> comes up a whole lot, was the game that uh, finally uh, hooked 
me into pinball. Like it yeah. got its hooks into me. Um, and it was when I was, it was late 2008. I came back to Seattle after not living here for a while. And, uh, I visited my, my friend, Nicole, uh, Nicole Hyatt, who, you know, folks in Seattle, they're part of the pinball scene that everybody knows. They know, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I went to, to college with Nicole and, uh, you know, we weren't pinball buddies then. I don't even know if she was playing pinball so much at the time, but when I came to visit, uh, Seattle then and visit her then, and we went to shorties and, um, uh, you know, she initiated me into discovering that pinball was not only fun, but a true game of skill. Like oh, when I was, absolutely. when I was a little kid, I didn't understand that. Like I would play hook or Adam's family at like Pietra's pizza in the Tri-Cities <laughs> and I would just get real frustrated. Like, ah, oh, it's just draining all the time. It's like, this is, this is just a, a trap. Like it's just a way to lose money. But you know, pinball is a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> um, so, so Jesse, I would like to hear your pinball origin story. Okay. Oh yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, this is a long story, but I'm gonna, I, I love do this it. story. So, when I was a kid, my family... oh cliffhanger. Sorry about that. That was a real dick move. But I just really want you to listen to the Skillshop Pincast, so I'm going to try to trick you. If you're one of my listeners, I'm trying to trick you into listening to the Skillshop Pincast next week by getting you all excited about my, my pinball origin story. And if you don't care, then fuck, I failed. Oh, well. Bleh. Bleh. Uh, <laughs> but how awesome are Graham and Kayla? Amazing guests. They're absolutely going to be back on the show, and I can't wait to just hang out with them and play more pinball, which we're going to do next week. And also, speaking of next week on my show, Jenny Kranz and I will be talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's the last purely Force Awakens episode I'm going to do, at least for now. I'm almost feeling like I've talked out all of my excitement about the movie. Uh, but if I ever build up more excitement about it, you're damn right. I will record more episodes about it in the future. So yeah, that's coming up next week. And as promised, I have an extra special musical performance. At the very end of the podcast recording with Graham and Kayla, I whipped out the guitar. And Bowie had just passed away a couple days prior. I was definitely feeling that loss. Uh, I mean, I uh, of course, Space Oddity is one of the reasons that I want to make a whole album of sci-fi music. As a kid... I've always been obsessed with music and with science fiction. The first time I heard Space Oddity, this light went off in my brain. I was like, wow, you can put those together? Those two things can exist together in one place? And it's the first time I ever listened to a song where I felt like the vastness of space and the, the emptiness of space in music. And I feel everything deeper when there's music involved. So it was such a, a just a mind-blowing experience. And I will always, always treasure that song and just Bowie in general, for being fucking incredible. So I was, you know, if you hadn't noticed, we were drinking a little bit during this podcast, and I was feeling feeling some emotions, and we played Space Oddity together. And it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful performance. This was not rehearsed at all, which is very obvious. <laughs> I didn't remember the chords. I pulled it up on my phone. The phone was sitting on my lap, and I'm trying to, like, read the lyrics and play the chords and sing at the same time. And uh, Graham and Kayla were just wonderful sports. There's there's several times where I've tried to get people to sing on the podcast where they just go like white as a sheet or beat red. Those are the two colors that people turn when you ask them to sing. But Graham and Kayla didn't miss a beat. They're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we just started singing and the results are magical. And I'm thrilled to have this be the end of the episode this week. So one last reminder, head on over to skill-shot.com to check out 
not just the pinball podcast they have over there, but the the pinball zine. They're, they run the independent pinball zine skill shot that we talked about in this episode, and it's great. All that stuff is at their website. Thanks for sticking with us and listening to this episode. I love you all so much. Uh, if you had fun, if you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and give a, give this show, Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, a positive rating and review. It really helps a lot, and it makes me feel all warm and gooey inside. If you really love this podcast, the best way to show it is to head over to patreon.com slash sci-fi project and become a monthly supporter. Uh, just a dollar a month makes a huge difference to me. It gives me the positive validation that I need to, to keep going, keep plugging ahead and making the show, which I'm going to keep doing because I, I really fucking love it. But sometimes those things make all the difference in the world. Uh, thank you to Player FM for including both of my podcasts on your top sci-fi playlist. I just found that out a couple days ago, and it was so exciting. Anyway, what a wonderful episode. I had so much fun. Here's the musical performance. <laughs> I want to I wanna like play some music with you guys. I, I don't have anything prepared, but... That's um, all right. We'll make it work. Yeah. At the very least, at the end of our podcast, we play the outro music from Creature yeah. from I, the Black I, Lagoon. I, I have an idea. Hold on. My okay. guitar's right here. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm like a really good singer. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea you did that. Oh yeah, all the time. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the chords or words to this. But let's try it. It's fine. All right. I definitely don't think we're gonna make it all the way through the song, but let's. We that's fine. We're let's gonna shop and I'll sing whenever you want me all to, right. buddy. I want you to sing the whole time. All right. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Commencing countdown engines on Check ignition and may God's love be with you. Ten. Now we have to count down from nine. <laughs> Sorry. This is ground control to Major Tom. You've really made the grade. And a floating in. No, I'm sorry. Way to go. Oh, fuck it. Here we go again. This is ground control to Major Tom. You've really made the grade. And the papers want to know whose shirts you wear. Now it's time to leave the castle if you dare. This is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door And I'm floating in the most peculiar way And the stars look very different today For here am I sitting in a tin can
space noises. <laughs> All right, let's, let, let's, let's skip ahead and sing more. I'm like, I'm trying to read the chords as we're playing. Where am I? Here I go. Three, four. No, I'm past 100,000 miles. I'm feeling very still. And I think my spaceship knows which way to go. Tell my wife I love her very much. She knows. Ground control to Major Tom. Your circuit's dead. There's something wrong. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Can you hear me, Major Tom? Can you hear me, Major Tom? So here am I floating in my tin That's all I can Excellent. really contribute. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not how it sounds that matters. <laughs> it's the uh, it's how much we mean it that yes. matters. And we meant it a lot. <laughs> I, I will be shocked if that makes it to you the podcast. I <laughs>